going to change your Instagram handle because I noticed the at the real Zuckerman now calls himself just Zuckerman. I noticed on his Instagram story today. My Instagram handle. <laughs> Now you're getting all these followers. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, I'm going to leave that in the podcast, even though that was Steve and I talking off recording, um, just talking about stupid stuff as always. This is the Porsche Cool Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's in the background. Steve's in Sydney. Hello, Steve. Hello. So what am I going to become the real Zuckerman? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, don't I didn't know. quite get it. I don't want people to think we're copying any other any other uh, podcast because we're actually not. In fact, I'm not going to mention. In fact, I'm not going to mention the names of the podcasts. But I think there's a couple of podcasts out there that are starting to look through our old, some of the old podcasts we've been doing. Could be coincidental. I don't know, but it seems like maybe there's a there's a thread going on there. I don't know. Maybe Porsche. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Porsche Cool is becoming you know a bit of a standard in the podcast world. Anyway, or maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but while we're talking about that, and hopefully I'm recording, I always say this. First, Steve, did you did you watch the YouTube video? Because this podcast I always put up on YouTube because I think I have 10 people that tell me that they like to watch it on YouTube. So I put it up for those 10 people and it gets about 200 views. But did you like the last one where I used the, the footage? I didn't. I didn't see the footage. <laughs> <laughs> but I carefully, but I actually blocked you out, Steve. I didn't use your footage because oh, you're a bit dark. I used my footage, which was very probably grainy. I used a really yeah, good shot I... of you. I used a shot of you next to the next to my Carrera, not next to the GT3. Just oh, so see, people cause... know, just so people know, that's not your car. Your car is actually a GT3. The the base Carrera, the you know the ordinary one, is mine. Just so everybody gets it, I pretty much wake up at three thirty, three four o'clock in the morning. I get up, uh, sit behind my desk, put these headphones and lapel mic on and then that's it so <laughs> it's not really it's not really suitable for public consumption yeah so that's why if anyone's wondering why we don't have like a a, a, a la smoking tire uh you know video of this where they're sitting around a table talking is because one steve is in sydney and two i'm in mm. london i think yeah i'm in london and the other thing is like steve said is the um the time zone uh the time zone steve normally gets up very early in the morning three o'clock so he's at three o'clock in the morning in pitch black and I'm in London at six or seven o'clock at night, depending on what time we start. Six, with the sun at the background of me, and I'm all blacked out as well. So, but uh, that's that's why that's how we do it. That's why it's the way it is. Correct, Steve. That's but I just want there's nothing to see. Yeah, nothing to see. I just want to go back to that actually. Uh, people copying Porsche Cool. No, it wasn't about people copying Porsche Cool. It was about <laughs> it, it was about it was about the support for the podcast and I think we should just mention that very very quickly because it is apparent that more and more people are finding us. Uh, more and more people are downloading the podcast uh, and it's growing every week so I want to just say thank you. Maybe that's because now Steve's on the show and uh, people like to hear him but I did get a, actually we had a new we had a we had another Apple oh my shout out last week to everyone asking to do a um, rating or a review um, I can actually oh, you got my you got my five stars then was that you <laughs> no of course it was <laughs> no but you didn't write a review did you no we got two reviews we no, got two rev two reviews from my shout out and I'm going to tell I'm going to say who the people are because I'm going to give them a shout out and say thank you one was 9-11, 9-11 Leather Junkie via Apple Podcasts. 
who gave us five stars and said it's a great Porsche chat. Everything and anything Porsche is discussed to the rich tones of Michael Barth. Thank you very much. I am constantly amazed at the breadth and detail of his narrative. Whether it's a solo or a wider episode with Steve, there is always a candid exchange of views just when you think everything that can be said about Porsche had been said. Boom, another episode and emerges uh, emerges on leather interior detailing. And then today we had another one. Hosts are fun. This is this is what I'm saying. Thank you. For, that's what I want to say. Thank you to these two people. This is from channel manager Mark via Apple Podcasts. Hosts are fun and passionate. This is a very enjoyable podcast for potential Porsche buyers. The 911 has always been an aspiration for me. So I want to say thank you for those two people who left the review and thank you for the people who left ratings because I can't actually see who left ratings, but we still have five-star mm. ratings, so everyone must have given five stars. So that's good. <laughs> so there you go. Well done, mate. Two <laughs> reviews. So it's quite good. We actually have more reviews now. We have about six reviews in total. I had about I had four reviews from earlier on, uh, mm-hmm. but but I can't access them at the moment for some reason. <laughs> All right. So last week, last week, uh, what did we talk about? We talked about mm, what did we talk about, Steve? I've forgotten tell me, already. Tell me about these roof pedals. Uh, the roof pedals. I think I was I was just talking, I was just talking to someone else about this earlier. Roof pedals. So last night I was a bit bored, and I started looking at. Uh, this was based on that was talking to you about something else, wasn't it, Steve? Well, you were telling me to buy something, wasn't it? No. Uh, it started with okay. So this is the update part of your podcast, which is what's going on. You sent me pics of your final leather pieces. Oh yeah. So. This is how we started the conversation last night, Steve and I, via our various text messages. Um, the leather parts from Design LS uh, in the UK, who we would recommend to get them done at. Very good quality, very good price. Um, he's finished all the parts. Um, so the parts that I great. got... They look really good. The parts that I got, which I haven't probably said the parts, actually, because um, I was asked that question earlier today. Um, so I got the sunroof surround leather, I got the back seat rests because I like when the seats are down, like we said, and you can see the stitch. I think that's going to look very nice. I might even get that Porsche mat. You know that mat, the Lloyd's mat that goes there and it has Carrera like yeah, you I've had in your one. 993? Yeah? I've got one, but I've got a, it doesn't actually sit across anything flat because I don't have any back seats. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe of getting one of those. That could, that could look good too because I do like the back seats down. Um, how, did so, those, um, how do those backrest things um, attach to the actual back of the seat? Do you know? Apparently they screw in. Oh, okay. They're I a replaceable the part. Recess for it, yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know how they fit in. They do fit in because, actually, that's a good point. Um, the part, I found the part. It was only about a seven-pound part in the UK. But Lin has supplied it, and he hasn't given me the price of those yet. That's what I'm waiting on, so I can find yep. the price. And, and seven hundred pounds. Seven pounds. Seven pounds. Seven hundred pounds from Linus. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, no. I think I think he told me originally that the back, the back seat rest things were about ninety without the part. So I'm, I'm guessing they'll be about hundred hundred pounds or something, which is okay. Yep. Uh, then the other little circle thing, which was the pointless one, which is the thing that goes around the lights around because I've got the keys around one from exclusive option. You don't yeah, really notice it. Switch. Yeah, you know, the light surround switch. It just pops out. You don't really notice it, but you do notice it because the plastic is shiny and the, because the key is not the le- is leather and the other one is leather, it kind of looks better together, I think. I've got a carbon one. <laughs> well, there you go. So you've got the carbon one. You've, 
you made me look it's like oh that piece and then i mm. sort of had a look i went for a drive yesterday and had a look in my car it's like oh yeah i, I replaced that but see your carbon one is probably makes more sense because you actually notice it like anyone more, else getting yeah. into my car would look at it and go what piece did you buy you know what i mean yeah uh, so what else? The inner door seals, of course, which is the best part. That was the that was probably the only part I wanted to buy, and I ended up buying all the others as well. I really only mm -hmm. wanted that inner door seal, <laughs> like yours. Um, and what else did the I get? Money well spent. That's it, right? Was that it? Uh, visors. Oh, the visors. The visors. So I bought the visors secondhand off uh, Piston Head UK or Design Eleven UK forum. The one you sent me the Piston, link. Piston heads. Yeah, Piston, Piston heads. heads. So they cost me fifty pounds for the visor, which was Steve found those for me, which was an absolute bargain because I have actually seen them on on eBay now, and they're a lot more expensive. Like they're really expensive that part as a just a plastic yeah, part. Yeah. So that's been done, and that were they were super cheap. I think I think he did them very that for two hundred and forty pound or two hundred and eighty pound for the visors covered in leather. That is really really cheap for the quality that he's done. Uh, and I didn't get you saw I didn't get the cross stitch all the way around because the ones he was showing on Instagram. He had that cross stitch yeah. going all around the edges. I just got it like how yours are done in a way where it's just the one edge. I reckon that cross stitch um, is the way that he needs to finish the job to seal it up because it would be impossible to kind of do a normal French, a normal French seam to kind of close the thing out. I think. But I yeah, but I I did find a picture. I did find an image on Renlist of someone who had a factory leather visor. And that's how they yep. were done. They only had that yep. cross stitch on the one end. They didn't have it all the way around. So, yeah, which yep. is pretty much how your your ones were that you 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 got from exclusive option the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but cool. that's it. And then Steve and I were talking about the leather parts, and then we started to go on. I gone off tangent again, and we're talking about the um, aluminium pedals. I've always been a fan of the the Porsche aluminium sport panels. Um. And I was looking at them, and the only place that I can seem to find them, the only people that have them is Suncoast, and he says they're a special order. Um, I think they're about 500 US, though. They're not cheap. So then I thought, oh, I saw on uh, another Porsche guy on YouTube. I don't know if I want to mention his name. I don't think I'll mention his name. Um, yep. he, had them in his, <laughs> he had them in his 993, and they're the roof, roof pedals. Um, and... I kind of like how they look, Steve. I've got the picture in front of me now, the one I just sent you. But yeah, I, looking at them. They're quite a nice, right? But I, I just read the guy that said, uh, the guy said that the accelerator pedal, they just screw into the, into the pedal that's underneath. See, the, the, Porsche, yeah, the Porsche aluminium pedals, you take the old pedal has to come off and the new pedal goes on and you're supposed to get the, you know, it's professional to do it. I put pedals in my 993. Uh, yeah. So when you mentioned the roof ones, uh, you spiked memories of me trying to um, lost after those because they were all the rage when I had a 993, but they were just way too dear for you know what they were. I think I wound up buying um, a set from Carnival from Gert, um, and they were pretty good quality. They were very similar in shape, and they had the little um, black rubber kind of knobbly bits, which I reckon help with the grip as opposed to the the standard, uh, the factory 997 ones you're talking about don't have the little rubber bits. They're so like they a brushed. Like they might be a bit slippery. They're a brushed. It says it's a brushed, uh, anodized finish. I don't know whether they're yeah. actually metal or metal-like. I don't know if they're even metal, but it says it's a brushed finish. If you look closely, you can see they've got a bit of texture. 
but obviously like yeah. you said not as much as the rough ones because the rough ones have the rubber and i like the logo on the rough ones i like how they look actually yeah the rough ones are cool so the ones that i fitted to the 993 i think were essentially like the roof ones um, and you did have to kind of basically drill holes into your pedal if um it'll probably be the same in a 997 as it is with a 993 but the um at the from the factory there's a there's a little rubber kind of cover um that you actually just pull off and right. underneath that is sort of like a metal plate so you then have to drill holes into that metal plate oh. um, and it's hard it's it's hard to kind of kind of do it straight i think i went to my uncles and got him to give me a hand so what if you want to reverse it, it then if you reverse it you're going to have holes in your pedals no because then you'll slip your um the little rubber mat back over the top of it the actual kind of rubber pedal part right and it'll but hide I'm, the holes yeah but i'm looking at the 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 rest the foot rest has like six or something one three four five screws the other one has about four screws there's a lot of screw a lot of drilling mm-hmm. foot rest you probably could get away with double-sided tape i reckon but Is the that... other ones you'd probably have to you'd have to attach properly well, I'm tempted. I, I think I just told you. I think they're 500 euro for the whole set. That's excruciating. What's that in Australian dollars? That's like, that's I don't, mental. That's like I always, 1200 bucks or something. You know, you know what I do with things when I buy things now? I always convert them to Bahraini dinner because it, it sounds a lot cheaper. <laughs> okay. So, you, you know, like 500 euros. Like I bought, I bought another, a pair of jeans today, which is not Porsche related, but I bought another pair of Acme jeans today and I, I always convert it to dinner and i think oh yeah 60 dinner that's cheap okay makes you feel better <laughs> 240 aussie it sounds expensive 60 dinner sounds cheap yeah exactly um i i work in australian dollars and everything's expensive <laughs> i guess i should think in dinner because that's how we get paid we get paid in um Barini dinner so i don't get paid in australian dollars mm-hmm. um but anyway i like those pedals i don't know it's a bit of a thing i've still got to buy the um i've still got to buy the sills and the seals, the seals are expensive, you know. I thought that, uh, that I'm getting the stainless steel, as you know, the stainless steel door seals, the Porsche OEM part. I don't think, I will actually ask um, Nick because he just bought them for his Carrera 4S. I don't think it's a sticker. I think it's etched. You said it would probably be etched. I just saw a picture of a... etched. Yeah, I saw I a... Doubt be stickers. I saw a, a second-hand pair on eBay today and it looks like it's not a sticker. It looks like it's etched. Have you looked, have you actually considered, I know you like to kind of go full sort of OEM when you can, but have you actually looked at anything that's sort of aftermarket? Because I'm pretty sure I'd be almost certain that you could find some pretty good quality aftermarket ones. And even if it doesn't have the Carrera logo, you could probably get them for not much money. I want to go OEM. You know I'm a bit funny with things like that. I actually want to go OEM. Mm-hmm. The pedals I'm actually the pedals I'm okay with the roof, but um the seals I want to go the OEM. So yeah. Um, and I think the illuminated seals are way too hard to install. So forget about those. You don't really need illuminated seals anyway. No, I don't think you do. Uh, but anyway, the price of the the stainless steel seals was actually I think more expensive in the UK than Suncoast. I thought it was cheaper, but. I get free shipping because I'm in the UK at the moment, so I still think maybe Design 911 will be the cheaper price. Um, but they're about 330 pounds for the Carrera ones for my car, roundabout. Yeah, right. Um, well, anyway, so that's not, a recap, I guess. Is that a recap? It's not really a recap. It's a bit rambling. We always ramble in the beginning, but it was a recap, I guess. We ramble at the end as well. Um, 
Our last podcast actually was the best episode to date. So there you go. That's that's quite scary, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so there you go. But that's good. Um, so what are we talking about? We're talking about today. We we were going to go through the, I don't know. We were going to go through the pros and cons of a GT3, but we're not really going to go through the pros and cons of a GT3, are we? Not really. Um, I think I think the general progression is is that when you buy, uh, I think the GT3, the t- Turbo, and the GT2 are like the pinnacles of the Porsche lineup, right? The Porsche variants and the 911. Correct, Steve. Depending on your point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess for most people, they're kind of like that's the that's the if you if you want to be at the top of the food chain, um, it's GT3, GT3 RS, Turbo, GT2, GT2 RS, right? Depending on which uh, which generation of 911. I guess we're going to talk mm-hmm. about primarily 997, 997 GT3s in this. Yep. Um, yep. So I guess when you buy a, a 911. Uh, you're always looking for a second 911. I'm going to get the thought out eventually. You're always looking for a second 911. You always still, I, I want a second 911. At the moment, uh, I haven't gone off the 912, but mm-hmm. I'm really worried about the 912 because it seems like the prices are jumping up very quickly, like super quickly. Like because of the price, Steve, of the 65 to 70 911s, because they're so expensive, like there's so much money. Yeah. All of a sudden, nine twelves, nine twelves, nine twelves are selling. Yeah, and you, that's 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 not a great one, and that's quite expensive, right? Yeah, it's one hundred and fifty Auss, Aussie. That's actually low end. That's really low end price because yeah. I've seen them for yeah. like one hundred fifty US. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the nine twelve, because it is basically the nine twelve was introduced as a lower cost car, lower cost nine eleven. It's basically the same as the nine eleven, except it has a four cylinder engine. The interior trim is exactly the same. The only difference at the back of the rear of the car is that the 911 logo was in gold on the 911 and it was just in silver brushed chrome, whatever it is in the 912. Um, mm-hmm. I think the suspension might've been slightly different on the 912, but I think in general it's pretty close, right? So people buy a 912, if they want to make it close to a 911, they can, or if they want to keep it the same, they can, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting off track. But I haven't forgot about that. But you know, we're always dreaming of a GT3. We're always dreaming of the second car in the garage to go against, uh, to go with the car that we have now. Um, Steve, his main car is the GT3. Mm-hmm. I'm really going off track here. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Do you want a hand? So, <laughs> I'm I'll, waiting I'll for you. Hand, I'm waiting for you to come in. I'm waiting for you to join in here. Okay. Help you. So, <laughs> the other night you sent me a thing sort of saying podcast and I said, yes. And I said, what's the topic? And you suggested um, that it was going to be, do I really need a GT3? Yes, that's, like, what's, yes. that's what we're calling it. Yes. Yes, you do. Like perfect. Because I think I've been trying to convince you for pretty much however long, even before you bought um, your, your 997 that, um, I reckon for you, um, GT3 is a perfect car. Is the perfect car for you. Um, you, if you enjoy your 997, then you, and you um, sort of get so much kind of joy out of that. Then I reckon if I could quantify it, you'll get like double or triple the amount of enjoyment out of a GT3 for the way that you kind of physically use the car. So. If you just sort of wanted to kind of touch on the reasons why, then like I'm pretty sure I could sell it to you. 
if I, I guess, haven't been already. <laughs> I guess for someone, for me, right, is originally I thought, okay, mm. I'll sell the Carrera and I'll buy the GT3. Now in my head, it's like, oh, maybe I could keep the Carrera and have a GT3. But then it's like, I think I've discussed this before, chatted about this before earlier on, but it doesn't really probably mm. make sense to have that. It doesn't probably have, make sense to have the 997 Carrera and the GT3. It probably makes more sense to have a 993 in the GT3 or it makes more sense to have a 912 in the GT3, possibly. Yep. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Possibly. Um, but no, you're right. I'm, I'm assuming that that's, I'm assuming that that's, and so you've said that to me when I've been on this kind of campaign to try to get you to um, get a GT3. Um, I'm assuming that's just because you've become really attached to your 997 and you, you know, you like it, blah, blah, blah. But I think, I genuinely think that you'll realize that once you actually get your GT3. So if, if you got a 997 GT3, or even if you got a 996 GT3 or a 991 GT3, um, I reckon you'd possibly come to the realization that they're probably a little bit too close. Um, and they probably serve the kind of same purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless, unless you were living full time back in Sydney and you wanted to kind of drive your 997 every day. Um, but, um, I know your kind of basic driving habits and you don't really drive around that much. You know, it's not like you have to kind of commute to work sort of thing. But anyway, so I, yeah, you, you're probably right. But without kind of drifting off topic, it's pretty much like, is the GT3 that much better than, you know, like a Carrera or Carrera S? And the answer to that is yes. Yeah, and I think I think what you said to me... Um ages ago like why you know you wouldn't you wouldn't go and buy a gts you would go straight to a gt3 right i like the gts right mm. even the 997 gts or a 991 GT, gts i like it but i think you're right mm, in that yep. you wouldn't go you wouldn't just go to the gts you would you would buy the gt3 because the gt3 still has so much more um and i guess the gt3 I guess really what it's all about, it's about uh, the GT3 is, is all about driver involvement, isn't it? It's about that, that high revving yeah. engine. It's about the revving engine, um, yeah. high revving naturally aspirated engine. Um, it's all about the driver involvement. It's all about driving it. Uh, the GT3, yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Steve. The GT3, you know, it, it is a car that you can drive on the road. I'm talking about the 997 here. I'm not talking about modern generations, sure. but I guess it covers it still covers the yep. newer generations. Um, yep. The 996 was the first generation of the GT3, as people know, the first one, and then the second one was the 997. Um, but, you know, the GT3, what else does it have? It has shorter gearing, it has a short shifter, it has better suspension, it has, what else does it have? Um, yeah, and so like, Look, it's easy to kind of break it down. So yes, it's got the Metzger engine, which is completely different from the standard kind of Carrera engine. So, you know, um, it supposedly means that some of the... How is it different? How is it different in terms of the actual kind of result of it? It's more powerful. It revs differently. Um, it sounds quite different. Um, it sounds like a bucket of bolts at low revs. And then once you get past about... Um, high threes into fours, like um, it starts to kind of sing, which I reckon is sort of the slight difference between um, your engine and a Metzger. Um, the Metzger also is heaps far more reliable. It doesn't have like the bore scoring that I 
the IMS kind of Correct. issues that um, 997s and 996s are kind of known for, whether or not that's a kind of truth or whether it's a bit of a beat up, I have absolutely no idea. And for people that don't know, the Metzger engine was also in the turbo. Yeah, it, it goes back to um, like a Le Mans motorsport engine. And I think the part of the base of it was in, an, oh no, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like it, it goes back, it's a motorsport derived engine. Um, it has sort of less issues. It's got a lot of character as well. But I mean, I'll, I would argue that a, um, a 997 engine has tons of character compared to like a Beamer or a Merc or something like that as well. But if you want to step it up in terms of just sort of like um, interest, um, again, if you're kind of going back to just sort of driver involvement, like Metzger engine's got tons of kind of just weird, quirky kind of characteristics, but it makes it, uh, for a enthusiast, not like a race car driver, like an enthusiast or a layman, you can actually pick the difference. Like um, you jump in the car and you, if you were blindfolded and you were asked to kind of drive a Metzger engine versus a standard one, um, I know I could, and I reckon you you would, even though you're not as familiar with it. Right. I mean, you, you jumped in my car that one time, um, you know, that we went for a drive. Like you could tell the difference, couldn't you? Yes, Absolutely. It revs, it, the revving, the way the, the accelerator pedal. Um, no, but obviously the revving, the, the engine, you could feel that there was so much power there. You could feel that you could really push it all the way up to the red line. Um, I read today, actually, that the engine block is different in the, GT, in the GT3. I didn't realize. I read that. that mm, it's a completely that, different engine. Yeah, I read that the, that the standard 911s use a two-piece engine block split down the center of the crankcase, and the GT3... On the GT3 and Turbo, it's a four-piece unit with crankcase parts cast separately, which are bolted onto the cylinder blocks, which makes it a stiffer arrangement, can handle more power, and was de developed for racing applications. So that's what I learned today. I didn't know that. So basically, it's a more rigid unit and it's a more stiffer unit. But basically, we know it was motorsport derived. I'm so I'm non non-mechanical, and I don't really understand, you know, the the, the technicalities of that. But it's interesting because like I moved from as well, we've gone over over and over again, I moved from a 993 into the GT3 and um, by comparison, it's like, oh shit, this thing has got like a lot more power and a lot more torque low down. And then you read a lot of reviews about um, the 997 GT3 engines, whether it's a Gen 1 or Gen 2, um, Gen, particularly Gen 1. And a lot of people say that it doesn't have much torque um, down low and that you have to kind of rev it out once you become familiar with it i reckon that's true but i think if you're unfamiliar with it so again go back to the comparison as to why you need a gt3 um yeah there's more torque in a in a gt3 than there is in a standard carrera or carrera s so it's it's a noticeable noticeable difference in power and the way that it's delivered and the sound and the smoothness um etc so even even based purely on the engine alone, I reckon there's a big enough difference to kind of make make it a worthwhile sort of move. Yeah, so the driver like, experience, the driver involvement, the sound, uh, the high yeah. revving engine, um, the rarity of it, the rarity of it. And I know that we've talked about this before, We've maybe not on this, maybe separately, that GT mm. models obviously make up huge numbers in Porsche sales now. They sell a lot of GT models, especially on the 991, I think it was, from the 991 GT, yeah. GT3s. They started to sell huge numbers, right? 
but it wasn't yeah. always the case, was it? The nine nine six and the nine nine seven. There wasn't. It wasn't huge numbers, was it? It wasn't big, big numbers. No, they're, 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 they're pretty rare, I think. I don't think... It's funny because you read different things. Like, I remember reading... How many recently. in Australia? Do you remember? How many were sold in I Australia? Remember. I had that detail somewhere and I, I tried to find it today and I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to kind of find it. Like, it's... They're not kind of crazy, crazy rare. So, like, otherwise they would be, like, ridiculously valuable. But... Um, so, for example, again, coming back to you, like, if and when you're ready to kind of pull the trigger... Um, it's not like you'll ever miss out because if you follow in Australia, um, it's car sales um, is the main site that we all kind of troll. Um, you know, like at any given time, there will always be maybe minimum of, you know, maybe two um, at any given time. At the moment, they seem to be kind of selling. So when you're good and ready to kind of buy one, you'll be able to get one. It's not like you kind of have to wait like 12 months to kind of find, um, to find a car, depending on how fussy you are. Um, it's a very uh, weird market though Porsche market isn't it it's strange because remember I think it was it must be no more than a year ago it couldn't be any more than mm. a year ago when there was about three or four 997.2 GT3s for sale you remember yeah. there was yeah, a black yeah. one there was a two black ones there was a blue one and there was a silver one and they actually sat there for some time remember they didn't sell they were around I think they ranged from 238,000 Australian dollars to about 270,000 Australian dollars around about yeah and not, not that I suppose that this conversation wasn't supposed to drift into values, but um, it's all, I, I reckon the reason why they didn't move and the reason why a lot of the, you know, even the, there's a couple of 997s on there at the moment. There's one that's like, was it 275? That's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Um, that one's never yeah. going to sell. No, it, it, it's all, it's always going to be about the price. Yeah, like, but there's, um, but there's also someone trying to sell a 993 base Carrera for 200 something thousand. 229,000 or something on car yeah. sales in Australia. Someone's trying to sell it at the top dollar. Really, they should be, you know, they're about 120 to 150 and someone's trying to sell it for early yeah. 200s. So that's it's just people yeah. just trying to get what they can get, right? If you only need one person to buy it. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, not t t take away the kind of value sort of thing. Like, for sure, it's not the most common. You don't you, you don't see many on the roads, all of that sort of stuff. So, and yeah, look, you know, even when you when you do start talking about values and stuff like that, um, it's kind of like anything, like any kind of luxury good. Um, you talk about watches; everybody wants to buy something that doesn't depreciate, blah blah blah. But the God's honest truth is that is completely meaningless unless you actually sell it. Yeah, so, true. Um, you know, and we all like to kind of, it makes us feel better about investing that much money in something, but unless you're going to flip it, what difference does it make? If you buy it to enjoy it and then you're going to drive it either into the ground or you're going to baby it and only drive it every, you know, once a month or. Yeah. Like I'm not really going to, I'm not going to sell the, the two Rolex that I bought. And I remember there was some stupid comment on the YouTube channel that someone said, oh, you've just bought it to flip it. You know, you're just one of these people that's bought it to flip it. It's like, no, no. I bought it to keep it. I like how people make assumptions that that's why you bought these watches. You're just going to flip it. It's like, no, I'm not going to flip it. Because like you said, yeah, when we I buy things, when I buy do. things like that, I'm, I'm not going to sell it. But, you know, whether it be a car, like my car is worth probably the same as it is, same as it was when I bought it four or three years yep. ago is what it is now. Yep. And sure, yep. it hasn't depreciated that much. But like you said, you still put money into it. You still paid for the, you know, services and stuff like that, you know. 
Yeah. So maybe that's been three grand a year with things I bought for it. It could be more, it could be four grand a year. So that's still another 12 grand you put into it. So you have spent money. It has cost you money, but yes. you still get your initial investment back, I guess. Um, hopefully yeah. with a little bit to make up for inflation, but you can't be sort of too stressed about that. Um, I do no. like what, I do like what, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I do like what Matt Farris says. He has some saying where he talks about it, about miles don't cost you that much. Have you heard it when he talks about that? Like the miles you put on your car, he said they really don't cost you that much. You should drive it and you should enjoy it because the, the value that you lose from putting miles on your car when you go to sell it, it doesn't, it doesn't impact you that much in, 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 in real yeah, terms. Yeah, I've heard him say that, but I thought that was sort of specific to some... I. And I thought specifically he meant sort of like um, a brand new Ferrari kind of thing because it's on a, you know, like the oh, fixed really? service kind of deal for like the first seven years or whatever it is, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. But I'd... yeah, like I, I, I would argue that it's probably kind of similar for, um, you know, like a, a GT3 or whatever else because it's not, they're not like some sort of really kind of extremely rare things like a 911R or, you know, particular Ferraris where the mileage, um, the more mileage you put on it, the kind of um, value in your car with every kind of mile. Even with Ferraris, I noticed there was a 488 GTB for sale. And I think because it had 30,000 kilometers on it, it was about 40 or 50,000 less than one that only had like 5,000 kilometers on it. You know what I mean? Like it's a big variance between, and that was at a Ferrari dealer in in Western Australia. So that's like a big difference. Ferrari's crazy. You do lose a lot of money in Ferrari, like you Mm -hmm. said, especially when they're out of that service contract too. And when they're out of the seven years, um, the price drops dramatically. So you want a GT3. If you want a GT3, Steve, um, do you worry about the size of the wing? Mm, I was so like, I think truth be told, I was, I'm not like a big kind of spoiler sort of person, but it's just part of the car. And, you know, um, you you sort of appreciate where it kind of comes from because it's all sort of motorsport derived. So once you, once you kind of go from something that's got, you know, like a lot more subtle and then all of a sudden it's got wings and, you know, massive kind of splitters and fenders and all that type of stuff. I think you just sort of go with the flow and then you kind of re- appreciate it for what it is. Um, and the thing is you need I, the wing because it's engineered and you need the downforce and it doesn't have the automatic pop-up spoiler as as per the basic Carreras, etc. So, yeah. it's, you know, it is, it's part of the uh, arrow of the car, the dynamics of the car, right? You need it. And it makes... Yeah. This thing about the wing on the GT3, why it looks why it looks stupid when people put these wings on Carreras. It looks, it looks fine on the GT3 because the GT3 has a different rear bumper. You know, it has that bit of arrow at the back of the bumper. You know what I mean? It's the shape. The whole thing's matched up. Yeah, yeah everything front, matches the, up the, the front, front and the back. The front and the back are all kind of balanced out for the downforce, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, like I don't think you'd kind of mess with it. Um, I was going to say that like um, the the blade on the back of my car is adjustable um, so you can sort of change it for more downforce in for tighter tracks and stuff never touched it i bet you any money like if i actually did adjust it i bet you I couldn't feel the difference but, but the thing yeah, is though when you again, bought the like it's... sorry so when you bought the car do you know if it was in the normal mm. position did you get someone to check if yeah, the wing was. was in it was yeah it's just an allen key that you kind of get out you can you, you can you can look at it visually so you know where the normal yeah. position is you can see which yeah. position is it's which. just it's just basically kind of tilting okay. the blade um and um yeah look you know 
again, that's probably just a little bit more of the kind of pose value or provenance of sort of having a motorsport derived car. Um, but, you know, that would be the same for any mark, not just a Porsche. But, kind of thing. but because of the downforce and because of the wing and because of the extra downforce, because of the power of the car, do mm. your retires wear out quicker than a base Carrera? Mm, I reckon that's probably or about the same. I reckon it'll be more about how you drive it and it'll be the same because most of the tire wear probably kind of comes from the fact that with any 911, the engine's in the back. Um, so all the weight is the engine's over the um, hanging past the back axle. So it's putting all that kind of weight down on your rear tires. If right. you kind of, if you drive, if you love to kind of rev the hell out of your car from the traffic lights, then you're going to weigh your tires out pretty quick. Um, I generally, 993, I think I probably went less than 20,000 K on my rear tires. Um, I know right. some people sort of said expect about 12,000 kilometers. GT3, 12? it's a bit harder for me to say because I drive it less. Yeah. But when you were driving it, you were changing your tires quite twos. regularly, weren't you? When you were driving your car every day almost, like during every that day, short yeah, period yeah, when yeah. you were driving it, you changed them quite quickly, didn't you? I remember. Yes. Yeah. But because I don't daily the GT3, it's not that it's harder to kind of make the comparison. And I was going to say because also the GT3s um, always had um, uh, split, like it's had either the, it came on Pirelli courses and then I switched them out to um, the Cup 2s. So they've kind of got um, much thinner or lighter, whatever, less less deep tread. Yeah, so those compounds wear out quicker regardless anyway, don't they? Regardless of what yeah. car it is, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, so you're buying a buying a 997. Mm -hmm. um, do you need the lightweight buckets, or would you yes, just take yeah. the comfort seats? Um, if you've got the choice, um, you noticed it I, again. I looked. Uh, I think back of the video when you kind of jumped in the car. I think it's one of the one of the biggest changes in experience from a standard car to GT3. Um, the buckets. The buckets not they they do look cool. I got to say that um, for starters, they're a lot lighter, but they just hold you. They hold you in position. So when you're kind of going around a corner, um, you're kind of more rigid with the actual kind of movement of the car. Your, your bum's not kind of sliding around. You're not sort of submarining backwards and forwards as well. So you really are kind of held quite tightly. Yeah. into the car and it, it makes the experience um just a lot more interesting you sit a lot lower as well um yeah i, no, I, I find now i jump into another car and i feel like i'm sort of sitting up quite high so yeah if if you when you get your gt3 i think you've possibly arrived at this you, you tell me but um i would sort of say that you really want a car with the the buckets in it when i when i drove your car when i drove steve's car i mean that's a, that's the experience though it is it is really part of the experience and that's when you feel like you are before you even start the engine and obviously your gear shifter was numeric so it's like a lot shorter like it's a numeric shifter yeah. right but apart from that you yeah. get in the car and the first thing is one the Alcantara wheel and I know a lot of cars have yeah. Alcantara wheels but it's the Alcantara wheel it's the marker at the top of the wheel right which your yeah. eyes sort of focus on and then the way you get into the seats is similar to how I get into my car, but you still have to be more careful because of the deepness of the seats. But like you yep. said, when you sit in that seat and you're on that, you know, you feel like you're in the seat, you know, you really do feel that the seat is like, has got you. Um, I like not having, not being moved around so much. I've, I find that my seats in the Carrera 
could have a bit more bolstering. I mean, they're not terrible, yep. um, but the Audi that I had, the Audi, which you had as well, um, yep. it actually had a lot. It actually had quite large bolstering on the seats. I felt like sometimes those seats held me in in some circumstances better than the Porsche, but it's just the way I yep. set up the Porsche seat, so I always sit on that weird angle, so I feel like I'm, you know, yeah. in the seat. Um, but yeah, the, the lightweight like buckets. The lightweight buckets like, are definitely um, experienced, though. Once you get in them, you feel like you're in a, a completely different car. You don't feel like you're in a Carrera. It doesn't feel like a Carrera. Yeah. And then you can. And then the other thing, of course, as soon as you got you're a club sport package and you see the roll bar through the mirror, you know you've got the yeah. roll bar, and then you have got the slight noise of the roll bar, and then you, it feels like the engine noise is. I mean, I'm rehashing what I've said before, but the engine noise is louder. I mean, the whole experience is 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 different. You know what I mean? The experience is basically dialed up because there's less sound deadening. Um, there's all these jumping a GT3 and you, the, uh, you kind of think if you're not familiar with it, like what's wrong with this thing, because there must be kind of things kind of missing. There's all these kind of really strange noises, like creaks from the suspension rattles and all of this sort of stuff here and there. But, um, you come to realize that it's just the car. It's the character of the car. There's less sound deadening in it as well. Um, yeah. So everything kind of feels just um, completely dialed up. The suspension um, comes, the factory suspension, uh, um, Bilstein coilovers, um, they're all adjustable. Um, somebody like me has obviously never touched it. Um, so you can feel the difference in terms of your car's got um, lowered IBARC springs, but the suspension is much stiffer as well. So um, if you're talking about ride comfort, it's nowhere near as comfortable as, you know, like a standard Carrera, but I'd argue it's not uncomfortable. Um, no, I, I've never found your car to feel that that hard, even as a passenger around Sydney on the streets. I never found it to be that uncomfortable. I think the seats yeah, are quite comfortable, actually. I kept forgetting to mention, though, that um, with my car, I had the DSC controller fitted to that. I, I told you about that, didn't I? Uh, vaguely. Have you heard about this one? Like... um. This company in the States. So out of the factory of 997 GT3, um, it was early days in terms of active kind of suspension. So there's two settings. There's a sport button. You can sort of drive around in kind of normal mode and then you press the button on the dash and then it'll put you in um, sport suspension mode, which stiffens the whole thing up. It's way too stiff for like a normal street, particularly in Sydney. Um, then there's this company in the States called DSC um, where you fit like a little kind of control box. Um, and I think it, I don't know if it makes it fully active, but it basically using a, what is it? Like an accelerometer and a gyroscope or whatever it is. It sort of figures out the inputs um, and it, it's adapting your suspension. So if you're kind of going down a bumpy road, I think, um, it's kind of accounting for that. So it's overriding. The, is it? Oh, sorry. Is it overriding the base? The the Porsche programming. Is it? Is it? Is it overriding the Porsche map or whatever it is for the suspension? Is that what it's doing? I don't think. I don't think there's actually. So I don't think like the Porsche suspension. Like you're you're either in soft or hard. That's that's kind of it. It's not kind of reading the road in any way. Whereas this DSC thing is sort of reading the road. I don't think it's sort of like as advanced as, like um as modern suspension but that that's my basic understanding Sorry, so how, but how does it work it actually has to be it's it's zapping your ecu or something is it or is it just plugged in how does it work 
Uh, without without kind of misrepresenting it and going too far, because I'm again I'm not technical, yeah. but um, with the GT three point one, um, it it didn't come with um, sort of like a sensor. So when you fit this part, you've actually got to get like another bit, which is sort of like uh, effectively it's the sensor that you kind of fit that um, it measures the angles on the cars and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So. That's what I mean by I think it's um, it's sort of active in terms of its reading, um, you know, like the conditions that you're in. And look, I can talk about the net results. So talk less about that because I've just done a really bad job. If anybody is listening, they're kind of going, "You idiot! What are you talking about?" But <laughs> um, the the net result is there's a really noticeable difference um, in terms of just in the sort of you still got your two modes. You've got your kind of standard mode and your race mode. And in both, in both settings, the car is heaps more comfortable. It doesn't crash through bumps. It sort of, um, it manages sort of just normal roads okay. far, far better. But you still got, I think it actually gives you more confidence. You can push harder because you're not kind of being um, smashed around so much. And okay. uh, I'm sure on track, it's probably better as well. So when you jump on the forums and you read about it, um, everybody raves about it. I reckon it's one of the better things that you can do. It, it didn't, not it wasn't that expensive, um, so that's probably a kind of worthwhile mod. But um, going back to the point in terms of a GT3 is um, a lot more stiffly suspended than a standard Carrera, as you'd expect. But uh, is it uncomfortable? No. It's not at all. Like I reckon it's perfectly fine. Just don't stick it in sports. And then um, you can improve on that further by sticking this um, DSC um, controller mod in there. And the other thing is, you know, ownership wise, um, the GT3 is not that expensive to upkeep, really. I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't been that bad. I mean, the cost to do things on the GT3 are really not that much more expensive than doing things on a Carrera, really. I mean, you might have to do um, extra things like pin your coolant lines and stuff like that, which cost a lot of money because your engine had to be dropped. Um, you know, those sort of things. But general things like clutch and servicing and that, it's not, a, it's not really that much more expensive, is it? No. So I don't have like a direct comparison. Like that would probably, the only comparison I've really got is against the 993 and the 964, which I had previously, or comparing it to like what you sort of wind up kind of going through but our cars have slightly different mileage and slightly different use yeah um yeah. but yeah no no like as a as a as an overall generalization like um the maintenance money that i spend on the gt3 is actually less than what i was putting into the the 993 but mm. you know the 993 had sort of gone past 100,000 k and but that's interesting though isn't it you know like oil you know air cooled air cooled water cooled gt3 you know, your 993 was a base Carrera, but the money you have to put in, and this is the thing about, you know, classic Porsches, this is the thing that we have to, you have to be aware of, isn't it? It's one of the reasons why I did it. It's one of the reasons why I, I made the move, because I was spending quite a bit of money, um, you know, maintaining the 993. It had gotten to the point where, you know, like there were issues kind of popping up here and there. And again, like caveat that with, if you're fussy and you kind of want everything to be perfect, then you, you've got to open up your wallet. Um, and I'm I'm a little bit more like that, um, but the GT3 was I, I made the move because I realised I was sinking quite a bit of money into it, and I may as well get myself into something newer, more valuable, a little bit more interesting, blah blah blah. If I'm mm. going to sink that sort of money into it, yeah. Um, going to basic maintenance costs like 
I'm sure that there's a bit of a premium. Like um, I've not done the brakes. Like I've not done pads or discs on my GT3 and I've had it for wow six years. Wow. Um, were they so new? Were like the pads and were the brakes and everything in the rotors new when you bought it? I'd have to look at the PPI. I can't remember, but they weren't, I'm sure that they weren't brand new. Um, so I, I, but all I was going to say was that I'm sure that um, the costs of discs and pads will probably be relatively expensive, you know, because they're big and they are motorsport parts. But, um, you know, just in general, in terms of basic, like regular standard things like filters and oil changes and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty certain that there's going to be no difference between your car and my car. It, it's weird though, the brake thing, because you remember my car, it, it had been to Porsche South Sydney um, mm. from the dealer to have like a yep. basic sort of check on it. And the one thing that showed up was the brakes front and back had no no life on them and they had to be redone. And then I took yep. it to Order House and they did a PPI on it and they said, no, the brakes, you'll still get it, you know, you'll still get at least, you know, a year and a year and a half out of it. And I still haven't changed my brakes. You know what I mean? Three years later. Yeah, so. I couldn't remember if you had. I, no, I so haven't. I, had the same I, haven't. Experience I mean, with, they're, um, they're going to have to be changed shortly, I think. I think probably, you know, if I drive it a lot, eventually it'll um, it'll need doing. I have quite... the same experience with the McCann. And I reckon the catch to that is it really depends on the person doing the PPI. Because I know like Auto House, Hamilton, our mechanic, um, they get out and they actually measure the 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 thickness of the discs and the pads for you. Yeah. Um, but Grant Grant said to me he said but Grant said to me he said don't come in to get them changed until the um light comes on. Yeah. And he said even when yeah. the light comes on he said you still have enough time after that. He said there's no like you don't have to come in the yeah, day after. Got, yeah. You've got a couple of hundred thousand oh sorry, a couple of hundred. You got a couple of hundred K on it and given the amount of mileage that you do, that's probably still, you know, a couple of months of driving if if you really want to get to that point. So Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so here's, um, here's the most important question. We've just done this podcast and we've probably, hopefully, <laughs> helped someone that wants to buy a GT3. Uh, what, what is 997.1 or 997.2? Oh, um, I've never driven a point two. You reckon one's better, one's better than the other? Um, so it's hard for me to kind of... So looks-wise then, looks-wise, which is better, Oops. you think? One or two? I prefer the looks of the one. I prefer the, um, I actually prefer the rear wing looking on a one than a 0.2. Um, I, there's something about like, and they followed that through to the 991s and I'm sure the 992 GT3 will be this, the same, like the sort of upright, the bigger sort of um, wing. I actually prefer the sort of flying taco shell on the 0.1, but yeah, you know, I think I do too. more subtle. I think I do too. You prefer the wheels on the 0.1 compared I'm, to the two, right? Yeah, I don't really like the look of the kind of center locks on a point two. I, I love the nine nine one um, version, but um, so like from what I've read, they sort of said the difference is that a point one's got a three point six, the um, Gen two's got a three point eight. Um, supposedly, the three point eight has a lot more torque down low, um, but um, apparently the three the smaller engine, which is mine, has a little bit more character again and revs a little bit more freely. Um, but I can't say because I've never driven a point two. Right. Right. I and think the point, and the if point you're in the market, mm. sorry, if, if you're in the market, um, you've got to pay a difference. I don't know if like what the, how, how much more it is, but I think if you're in the market and um, you found yourself a good 
point one, I don't think, like if we were talking you as an example, I don't think in any way you would be disappointed by the fact that you're in a Gen 1, not a Gen 2. No, no. I think either. I think either is okay, really. Um, it depends mm. on the price. But I think I think the basic, the standard, you know, the, the configuration you'd be looking for, and I think this is this probably goes if you're like even specking, even looking for a 991 as well. But I think one yeah. has to be manual. Um, yes. Two, it has to have it has to have light, lightweight buckets. If it's a nine nine seven, preferably doesn't have the PCM. And someone and I know a lot of people do spec it this way, where it just has the radio. It doesn't have the PCM navigation unit. Um, yep. I think that's good. I like the leather in yours. I don't think the leather's a a, a killer for the you know if you if you find one without leather, I don't think that's going to kill the deal. Um, I, I think the, it if you I think the it. seats kill the deal for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. I think the seats kill yeah. the deal. I think it has to have club sport. I think if you're buying a GT3 and you're buying a 997 GT3, it has to be club sport. Has to have the roll bar. Has to have the lightweight buckets. Um, yep. That's just how I see it. Um, and not in black. <laughs> I don't silver, think. Um, I think silver, white, or a color is the probably best, but not in black. I don't think it looks. I don't think it looks great in black. I keep seeing it in black, and I don't think it looks great. Black's not my favorite color too. The other, sorry, the other bit to that would be um, the sports chrono. You don't need sports chrono. It doesn't do anything. Um, it's literally just like a stopwatch. It doesn't, you, you still get the sport button on the dash regardless of whether you've kind of got um, chrono or not. So it's it's more about whether or not you like the look of that little clock. Um, Did the 997, but it doesn't work as well as it, the new, the new Sport Chrono in the new 991s apparently works really well, right? With the little dial and the Sport Chrono and how it all works because it's got different driving no modes. Idea. I think so. <laughs> no idea. Um, what I was going to say is, did the 997 come with ceramic brakes, GT3? Yes, it did. Oh, it did. Mine okay. doesn't have it. Yeah. Right. Um, they were the, I think ceramics came out on the 996 GT2, so then it was an option on like pretty much all 997 cars. Right. I think it was early days and people had issues with it when they tracked them. But um, I've, So I've actually never driven a car with ceramics. Right. Neither have I. Some people swear by them, some people hate them. I'm not sure. I mean, they're not supposed to yeah, fade as quickly. Yeah, they're supposed to be but... quite squealy, like when they're cold. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. They don't, um, they don't, um, uh, there's not a lot of brake dust and stuff like I think, that. I, I think and, that would drive me crazy. Squealing? Oh, yeah. actually, we'll get get used to it. Um, the standard brakes in a GT3, like the steel brakes, um, they do when they've got a little bit of dust in them because they're drilled. Um, you can tell when your car's when your car's been um, sort of sitting for a bit and not washed, etc., and you haven't kind of hosed out the um, the brake dust. Um, your brakes can be really kind of squealy in traffic. Right. Right. Great. All right. It's worth it. It's all worth it. So what else? Have we missed think, anything else? I don't think I've done a particularly good job of this because like when you sort of going back to the beginning of it, which was if your question was, do I really need a GT3? Um, the answer is yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, it, it really is a significant difference. It's, yeah. it's like a different car. It looks the same, but it's not the same. It's the typical Porsche thing where on the surface it seems... Oh, it's just got a little bit of body work. It's a little bit different, but there's much more to mm. that. You know what I mean? The weight reduction, the engineering behind it, the power, the engine. There's so many things that are different, right? So, and then when you put it all together, when you put it all together, like when uh, I think I've done a really bad job of kind of trying to sort of point out certain little 
bits that um, are technically or physically different. But then when you kind of piece the whole thing together and you jump in the car, mm. I do think, you know, mods aside that there's quite a big difference. And I think, I think 997, 996 GT, GT3s, it was, I still think the car itself scared some people. They thought it was too motorsport derived. It was too hardcore. You know what I mean? And I think nowadays because of the 991 when the 991 came out something changed i don't know what changed where people seem to think oh we all want a gt car everyone wanted a gt yeah. car everyone wants a gt you car so right. then then people look at the 997 and 996 now and think oh you know they're fine they're good cars you know what i mean they're not that so hardcore they're sort of like the whole mindset right. has changed my uncle um who i've spoken about a lot um i think when he was he was in a 993 and he was wanting to get into a 997 he went to um, Scuds in Willoughby and walked in. He knew the he knew the guys there and sort of said, oh, I'd like to kind of, you know, I'm thinking about upgrading. I'd like to have a go um, in a GT3. And they sort of said, oh, no, no, it's not, you know, it's not for you. Like GT3 is not for you. It's way too hard. And it's like, what? I think they kind of got it all wrong because um, he's, never, he's never owned a GT3. Um, but I reckon it's the perfect car for him. Exactly the same for the, exactly the same reasons as, as it is for you, which is the experience is a bit sharper than sort of like a an everyday kind of experience in a standard kind of car. Um, and he would have enjoyed the absolute hell out of it. That's why I think the GT3 and a 912 go mm. pretty well together because you've got slow, yes. slow trans. You know, you trans. You know, what is it? I'm not transformed transported you're transported back to the 60s late 60s yep. in the 912 but the experience yep. it's still a porsche it sounds like a porsche i watch all these driving videos when they list them on bring a trailer and you know there's no doubt it, it you see people driving it and it still looks like when you're driving in 997 it's still you still have that essence which is quite amazing mm. with porsche you see people driving these and the essence is still there it looks it's you know it's, it's like 40 years ago 50 years ago and the essence is still there um but that's yep. why i think that you know, GT3 and a, and a 912 is a, is a pretty good combination. Yeah. And then I guess if you wanted a three-car garage, you could get an electric Taycan. I actually saw a Taycan yesterday, the first one I've seen on the oh, road. I've not seen one in Sydney. Good. It's, good? It was interesting. I saw it last night when we walked out last night. Um, yep. It was a black, jet black Taycan, right? Oh, okay. Yep. It, it's smaller than you think. It's definitely is a different, it is smaller than the Panamera, which I already knew that, but it's smaller than the Panamera. It's yep. sportier than the Panamera. It has very wide wheel arches and then it kind of comes in, like it does yep. that sort of shape. You that, know? Um, but it, shape. Yep. I tell you what, in black, and this had the, you know, the Stormtrooper black wheels on it, the white, those black wheels, the Stormtrooper side wheels. Mate, yep. it was, it was, it looked pretty special on the road and it's low. It, it, it really looks really low. It's a... Yep. I reckon a 4S, like that'd be a good car for you. That'd be a good family car for you, a 4S in a Taycan. <laughs> yep. I'll sell the when other you, kidney, yep. When you, get, when you get your new house and you have your Tesla, you know, battery packs, the Porsche battery packs built into the house and it'd be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, they look amazing. I'd love to just, have a go in one. Just make sure when you get your new house that you get lots of garages because then, you know, you might have a friend that needs to lease out one of your garage spaces. <laughs> <laughs> How many spaces are you after? <laughs> Just on the GT3 too, like um, I think occasionally the question kind of comes up, which is, is it too much for the road? Like similar to, you know, what I just sort of said about that, a, a dealer literally telling my uncle that it's, oh, no, no, it's too much for you. It's like, not at all. 
if if you enjoy if you enjoy driving you like you don't have to be a kind of full-on sort of track rat or you know race car driver to appreciate it like there's enough of a difference and then if you just like you're enthusiastic about cars and you like driving around on the street and you kind of go for a sunday a sunday burn or you know whatever um i don't think it's too much for the the road at all and my car's kind of you know got the roll cage and the whole works um it's 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 a really fun kind of interesting car i think that's good advice because i think that's good advice because people who are listening who haven't read the description or haven't listened to this podcast before is that you've Mm. owned the 964 carrera 4 you've owned the 993 carrera 2 you know what i mean and now you've gone to a GT3. So you, you've, you know what a, ba- a career feel like. You know what an air cool feels like. And you're saying that, you know, it's, it's still, you know, it's not, it's not as hardcore. And I think that's a problem, like you said, you know, when people were selling it all those years ago, like what they told your uncle is that they just gave misinformation. And people remember this misinformation. You know, you read one review and you, it says GT3 is too hardcore. It's not great for the street. Then people think, oh, I can't drive a GT3. And I think a lot of people think that about the GT3. I still think there's people out there that think that there's too hardcore, which is why people buy the GTS. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And look, it could be, it could be too hardcore for some people. Like the clutch is heavy. Um, that it, it is noisier and all that sort of stuff. You, you've got to figure that out for yourself. But I guess when I sort of say that, I'm specifically sort of talking to you or somebody like you, which is really enthusiastic about your cars. You're not driving it absolutely every day. And if you really enjoy your car that much, um, maybe the difference is sort of like, if, you, if you're the kind of person that would go and get a standard kind of Carrera or Carrera S, and then you start kind of tinkering with it, which is exactly what I was like, um, because you you sort of want to make it a little bit sharper and you want to hone it like that, then bypass that and go for a GT3. Yeah, yeah. Stop all the crazy mods and putting aero kits on basic Carreras. I'm not a big fan of aero kits on basic Carreras, I have to say. Yeah. I know a yeah. lot of people hate me for that, but I, I just don't, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, cool. I think that's it, Steve. I think we've uh, probably gone long enough today so you're gonna um you're gonna hang up and go and buy a gt3 there's none for sale i can't buy anything at the I'm moment i'm waiting for you to do um, it um as you know as you know i'm trapped oh, i shouldn't say trapped it's like a, i sound like a wanker i'm trapped in london <laughs> i can't get back to australia got to go back to bahrain in september i don't know how we're going to get back to australia australia's falling apart coronavirus is taking over mm, it's not too bad covid19 sydney's settling melbourne's not so great all right, I think that's it for today. Um, so, you want a GT3? They're the reasons why you should buy one. Steve's, uh, one. Steve's a passionate owner. I'm definitely going to get one. Um, people are going, but aren't you going to get a 912? Weren't you going to get... Yes, I'm going to get all of them. This is what my problem is. I want all of them and I have to have all of them. But yeah, this is how confused my mind is. But GT3 has always been there. It's never gone away. Um, but like Steve mm-hmm. said, you know, I, I, I am kind of passionate about my career and it's like, I sort of can't think about selling it. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird thing, but I guess, like I said, if you got a good GT3 and then found an old 912 and just like potted with it and just did some work here and there and just got it up to a, you know, a nice example, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. All right. That's it for today. Um, This podcast will go up on Friday. Um, My name is Michael Barth. That's Steve. Steve's coming from Australia. Um, Our details are in the description of this podcast. Uh, Once again, thank you all for listening and supporting this 
podcast. I don't know what else. Is there anything else I need to say, Steve? Follow Porsche so. Cooled. Porsche Cooled on Instagram. Porsche Cooled, one word, on Instagram. Follow that. Also have a YouTube channel. If you don't want to listen to this podcast on Apple and you've started listening to it, you can go to the YouTube channel, Michael Bath, and you can also watch it on YouTube. Most of the time, no visuals, just audio only. But if you prefer to watch it on YouTube, which some people do, um, that's where it is. That's about it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. Take care. All right. Have a good day. Yep. I'll talk to you uh, next one. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye yes. for now.